Getting back in the saddle and trying to remember how this works, welcome to Handpot. Welcome to episode 423 of Hand of Pod. It's been a little while. Uh, I'm Sam Kelly and I'm joined this week by English Dan. Good evening. Tony. Hello. Andres. Hello, welcome. And Santi. Hi, how are you guys? So what we've uh, what we're lacking in terms of or, or what we've yeah, what we're lacking in terms of frequency at the moment, we're making up for in terms of number of people all talking over each other in a few minutes' time when things get heated. Um, Long story short, I went on holiday, I got back for two days at the end of the week and was too tired to really do a recording, then Dan went on holiday the following week, and here we are now. Uh, I think that covers it, doesn't it? It's been three A fairly succinct um, explanation, yes. In yeah. that time, we have missed three rounds of ma- not quite three rounds of matches, actually. Uh, Dan and I recorded a Super Classico, um, or Classico Review weekend uh, review, for Handapod Extra listeners on Patreon uh, just after that, before I went away. And since then, we've missed, like, uh, there's half an hour left of the final round of uh, the final match of the third round of matches since we recorded that Handapod Extra down. Right. Uh, So at the moment, Argentinos Juniors have a 2-1 lead away to Atletico Tucumán. I'm not going to read all of the other scores out since we last recorded, for obvious reasons, um, but the headlines are that Racing are the very much the form team since we last put out a proper episode because they have won, did you say five in a row, Dan? Uh, ten in a row in title, but okay. I think five oh, in a row so since we last recorded. It's yes. a new record. Yeah. Uh, a new professional record. record, a new professional era record, yes, taken over... The one set before by Juan José Pisuti's team in 1967. May he rest in peace. May he rest in peace, yes. Also Cardenas. Yes. And that includes... Ah, yeah, it was Cardenas, not Pisuti, yes, the one who was yeah. recently passed. I was going to say, yeah, Pisuti died sometime. Last ago. year, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cardenas is rather more um, topical. Um, perhaps that could be a subject for extra, actually. There we go. Sorted all Why right. not? <laughs> Thank you to you two for uh, prompting that. Yeah, that includes uh, the, these 10 wins in a row include a Copa Argentina, one Copa Argentina game, I think, and yes. what, yeah. how many Copa Sudamericana matches? The, two. The, play, the, the two against... One against River Plate, River Plate of Uruguay. Uruguay and one against... Cuyaba. Cuyaba. Yes. Oh, right, because it's the group stage, isn't it? So yes. Yep. Yes, I was thinking... Only the first of the team of each group it goes through, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. Only the first. It's the a first in each Sudamericana group, and then the third place in the Copa Libertadores groups will go to make up the last 16 in the Sudamericana. Exactly right. Um, the other headlines, results-wise, are that River lost the Super Classico after we last released the, the last full episode, uh, and then went on to win uh, three league games and two Copa Libertadores games, so five games in a row, and then just... Was it yesterday? Yes, it yes, yeah. Uh, yesterday lost... Two, I mean, really pretty funnily, 
given that they're one of the worst teams in the country at the moment, Tacheres. But also, I found it particularly amusing. I mean, darkly amusing, obviously, as a river sympathiser, but like, not that bothered. Um, by the fact that when Tacheres needed the win and, and looked really, really good in last year's league campaign, mm. uh, River absolutely battered them. And mm. this time round, River come in in fantastic form, expecting to absolutely batter them, and Tacheres got a 1 0 win with a very a performance that I thought was kind of reminiscent of Bocca's in the Super Classico, actually. Um, it's a long story with Tacheres having to win and not being able to do it. Yeah. Against uh, Bocca, they suffered similar. Against Independiente in 78, for that matter. <laughs> but it's also exciting times for Tacheres because they've got a European manager now. Yeah. First in Portuguese manager. to manage in Argentina? Who is it? I've completely missed Yeah, it, it's a, it's a ah, former Christina. Rangers manager. Former Rangers, yes. He's, oh, he he looks exactly like a former American player, Jimmy Conrad. Yep. Look him up <laughs> on Google, he looks exactly like him. It's crazy. There you go. Um, so, yeah, another Portuguese manager. I have a feeling that he might have been in the conversation to take over or just about to take over when we recorded the extra day. So I'm sure we mentioned it and pointed out that the Libertadores, the last yes. three Libertadores have been won by Portuguese managers. Yeah, indeed. Two, obviously the same manager for the last two, but uh, and then Jorge Jesus with Flamengo the year before so that. all your money on Tachelis to win the Libertadores this year. Exactly. Yeah, the thing yes. is, uh, of course, he arrived because of his uh, links with Pachuca, logically, Correct. but not exactly because of his, you know, uh, record in his career record, I would say. I mean, it's not exactly... He did all right, right. Just, didn't he? Like, very I think it was very popular. Mediocre, right? Yeah. I mean, it was right before Steven Gerrard, if I'm not mistaken. So mm. It was right before they went back head-to-head against Celtic. Um, so. Let's just check it out. This is the first Portuguese. And you will be um, surprised to which country um, has the more foreign managers in Argentina. In South America? Argentina. It's not a South American country. It's like England. Place. Nope. It's not a South American country. It's not a South Sorry, American country. Okay, yeah, yeah. Spain, the obvious one. Spain out of the way. Yeah, no, no. Uh, France. No, it's Hungary. Four. Oh. Four oh, coaches. Yeah. Which is interesting. I should yeah. check it out. Would you look at that? You made me Google that. <laughs> that have something to do with the Iron Curtain people fleeing after fleeing communism and coming to Argentina for um, some reason? I'm not sure. 50, 60, But we can do it for another extra. Oh, sorry, right, yes. The, 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 the non-Argentine country that sent the most managers to Argentina. Yeah. yeah. Right, I was trying to think of... Yeah. Sorry. Current, better current, it could have been, you know, England in the early 20th century or something. I guess... It, Did they have we, coaches in that era? No, probably not. No. Yeah, and also, so, surely the list includes really only like professional teams yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. But we um, can do that for an extra another round too. Indeed, yeah. <laughs> Write that down. Anyway, <laughs> uh, the standings at the moment, because I can't really... Oh, Estudiantes. Estudiantes are... Yeah, that's yes. the other... If, the if there is a contender team. to Racing's title of form team uh, of the of the season, then it is Estudiantes. They did draw 3-3 with Godoy Cruz back in round eight. But since then, uh, they have beaten Central Cordoba 5-0. I mean, so what? It's Central Cordoba <laughs> still... <laughs> Um, they have beaten some, they've beaten somebody else absolutely black and blue as well, didn't they? Ah, Barracas Central, 6-1 away. And again, it's Barracas Central, but still... Although, but they're better. They've been doing, yeah, been doing interesting. They, yeah, oh, that's right. They did score a few goals against They remember to um, play football. And they have beaten Tigre 2-1 in, by most accounts, and I did catch some of it and would agree based on what I saw, the least impressive performance that they put in in a good while. But they still got the win. So, at the moment, in Group 1, 
which my live score up uh, insists on calling Group A, hence why I just hesitated slightly. <laughs> Racing are top. Everybody's played 11 games, by the way, apart from Atletico Tucumán and Argentinos, who've played 10 and three quarters of the game. Um, but as the current standings are, Racing are top with 27 points, River a second with 22, ahead of goal di- ahead of Newell's on goal difference, uh, who are in third. And Argentinos, if they can continue to win this and still be winning when the referee blows his full-time whistle, so we'll find out in a bit, uh, then they will leapfrog Sarmiento into fourth place on goal difference and Sarmiento will be in fifth, both on 20 <coughs> points. In Group 2, Estudiantes are top with 24 points from 11 matches. Aldo Civi are second with 20 points. <laughs> Martin Palermo. Yeah. I mean, we were talking another... about Fernando Gago doing a good job when he was there. How on earth this happened? Mm. Um, Tigre third with 19 points. Boca are fourth with 18 points. And then in uh, fifth and sixth level on 15 points and you were quite right to point out to me that they're actually not that bad Colón and Barracas Central um, can, can we agree that Group A is a more interesting one I think it's more like <laughs> yes. like 8 teams or 9 teams fighting for I think it's the, got the better quality but there's a certain chaotic yeah. um, quality about Group B which or Zone 2 or Zone B or whatever it's called which has been quite fun to watch I must say just it's, teams yeah. losing drawing against everyone no. Yeah, with Great, my, people um, like Tigre were in the B last year going for the title it's, uh, and the CBU got about five points in the entire year I mean um, both, both groups are, are entertaining in their own yeah. count but I think Group A is it's stronger pro- it's yeah probably stronger. The, 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 yeah. with the yeah. closer gap between each other yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. With, with mine I, I keep calling them new circumstances but the fact that I don't really have to watch all the matches now and I can pick and choose a bit more because I'm not earning a living from football um, I have found that of the matches that I kind of prioritise watching now when I look at the fixture list each weekend it, they tend to be Yeah. I, I mean I'm not doing it consciously at all I just go yeah that looks like a better game mm. than that and that looks like a better game than that and then oh look I've picked like three Group A matches and then the Boca game from Group B not yeah uh, or the Estudiantes game, or both. Um, yeah, but the problem yeah, with Zone 2 is really like the team, they've got a few teams which you think, ah, it could be good because they occasionally put together pr- pretty decent sides. Mm-hmm. You know, Vélez, Lanús, um, even Gole Cruz very occasionally, but um, they've all really been kind of rubbish. Yeah. Uh, that hasn't helped at all. Whereas in Zone 1, you know, the Fensi Cortesia have been very entertaining to yeah. watch. Argentinas have had their moments. Uh, News, I must say, I haven't seen much of news. Um, they're rather, they're yeah, right out there. They're pragmatic. Hit and miss. They're <laughs> pragmatic. Yeah. Yeah. They're grinding out points at least, like seven oh, yeah, yeah. as many as they're River. Well. As many as Estudiantes. They've really just flown under the radar. There. It's so changing Impressive. that, uh, I don't know, six months ago you, you would say Lanús and Vélez were great teams and now they are... And Mo- mostly on the bottom, and Tacheres, yes. And now yeah, News and the CBR. Yeah. The whole Pellegrino project imploded. Uh, a little bit because of yeah, uh, it's circumstances. Yeah. Some teams may take this like a glorified precision if they are like agree with the board about it. There will be the the teams with managers that or teams are not doing that well, but that doesn't have a reason to be sacked because you know they're gonna be yeah, alright. That's, that's what happens when you have so many you know changes in format yeah. and uh, stuff like that. I mean, it, it does hurt a little bit because. Some teams will still struggle with relegation because the, this point counts, 
Yeah. But I'm looking if, to use an insult. Yeah, but <laughs> if you agree, in this case, Sonorus is not one case, but if you agree that this will be like a good testing ground for some new players, some young players, you should be alright. And that also a little bit helps to raise the quality of the game sometimes, you know? Like, yeah, I must say, I'm, I'm kind of enjoying this format. I mean, it obviously helps when your team is top of the group and winning every game. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I mean, going to show interest, but um, it's been fun. Uh, I think these last three fixtures. Uh, are going to be very entertaining in, in yeah. the playoffs. Like everyone loves a good playoff. Boca had right? that experiment when they had this uh, uh, massive uh, red cards against Mineiro, or well, that they had to play with the young young youngsters, uh, and they tried that, and uh, apparently it was good, one or two matches, and then then again went to the reserves and that, and and now it's like you know whether yeah, they will have chances. Uh, speaking of the relegation table, as Tony just did at the moment, in case you're wondering, uh, Patronato at bottom of it, Godoy Cruz the second bottom. Those oh. are the two teams. That's a big drop off. Try not to put the glass down quite so hard on the oh, table. Sorry. <laughs> right, so take it easy. I know you're shocked. <laughs> Why is Godoy Cruz dying? Why are you doing uh, this to me? Yeah, uh, I was particularly, you know. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to go to my dos, I watched Offended. Them. Offended by that. <laughs> so, those bottom two teams are the two teams who would be Jesus. relegated if the season were ending today. Uh, Patronato, the only team who've got fewer than one point per game, less than one point per game, fewer, less than, who cares, uh, with the one point per game. At the moment, they've got, I don't know which column this is, that's points, that's matches played, which means they've got 67 points from 73 matches. Pretty rubbish. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Um, God, they cruise as well, it's amazing, like, because they have a 46 point season in there yeah. as well. Just the other two years, they've been absolute shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the one with the, mm. the above it, right? Yes. Yep. Uh, not looking good for the the interior, I must say. Atletico Tucumán right down there. Well, they have. Sandra Gorda, not, not really far surprised. off. a little bit higher. Yeah, the, so Godoy Cruz with 76 points, and then Atletico Tucumán, as you say, and Arsenal have both got 78, so they're dangling above the precipice. Um, but yeah, it's obviously we've got a lot of football still to be played this year. The group stage of this competition counts towards the relegation Just table. So does the whole of the league that we've got in the second half of the year, which is actually, of course, only half a league because effort, as usual. Um, yeah. I was also about to ask, did that, does that proposed change of doing the mix-up with the national or second division teams are going to be ahead? Hmm... Pardon? What? Do you, do you do you don't know about that proposal? Before, I, said, I didn't before, understand anything. Oh yeah. That's okay. Cool. 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 Okay. Wait. There, <laughs> there's a proposal that the oh, yeah. top twenty teams were gonna play another league with. Oh right, but not this year. I think it was this year because they wanted ah. to they wanted to avoid Barraca Central to be relegated, but now they're good. So I don't really know what's mm. going on. It was like a proposal. Yes, I remember. It was like 2024 or something. No, I think that's next year. Wasn't it a way for the national teams to compete for a place in the Sudamerican? Yeah, yeah. That's the one. Yeah. Mm. It was like a relegation light where teams would go down after the first half of the year and then have the chance to go straight back up if they did well in the second half of the year. Like some weird thing like that. Jesus. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I'm not sure. Anything could happen. I'm 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 telling you, we're going to miss this format. They're going to make us miss this format. Oh, no, they, I mean, they always find a way. I'm, yeah. I miss the short championships <laughs> now, uh, after yeah. several years of just complete nonsense changing the rules every year. Um, 
Good. Right. Well, any particularly memorable matches to look back on, gents, from the last month, nearly, since we last recorded? Well, if we come memorable, I went uh, as a away uh, supporter, even if it's forbidden. I snuck up into the Rosen Stadium last weekend. Oh, you did, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. Tell me about that game, because that's the one, the one game of this 10-game run... Which I couldn't watch because I was away on holiday. Also, oh, that's the reason. Fill okay. me in, um, and our listeners. <laughs> How good is the Gagoneta? What is, what is the secret behind the Gagoneta? I mean, that wasn't like the best thing <laughs> I saw in my life. I mean, they were they were pretty good, to be honest. There, uh, it felt like they had a, a good plan laid out to contract whatever Union was doing and exploit their. Or, or use their um, good things for trying to score. They did it twice. Once was rolled out. Mm. I never checked the offside, to be honest. It was um, offside, yeah. It was offside? Okay, the, um, cool, cool, cool. Oh, Atletico Tucumán has have just equalized. <laughs> well, good for Gaston Sábal. I still hate him. <laughs> um, but I think the second the second half, and I, th- I suppose it's quite normal. They drop out, try to defend, and Union had a couple of chances to squander it in the... In the way they're doing lately, because clearly the the absence of Alves is pretty noticeable. But I think it was an entertaining game. I never went to to El Cilindro in a men's game, so hmm. that was that was fun. It was it's a good crowd. It's, it was entertaining on that level, yeah. even if I had to, you know, clap sarcastically when Russell scored and tried to pretend that I was <laughs> enjoying the moment oh. when I was really. Oh. You've got a bit of a soft spot for Racing. I do, I do, yeah. but I I I, I would prefer to. If I went to another game yes. and try to you know be more enthusiastic about it, <laughs> which I, I probably is going to happen soon, but in the middle I was uh, muttering well, I think things it's... about Chancala that I can replicate <laughs> right now. <laughs> I think it's interesting what you say because um, there's one thing I've noticed about this Racing team who have been playing well, and I think I've said I said a couple of times on the podcast um, their great strength as a team is that they just create so many chances when they need to when they're chasing yeah. the game and they always seem to have that goal in them and they defend pretty well as well um, they considering well. how Chira much Gomez is a really good Chira Gomez has been but I think, fantastic um, but what I'd say is um, uh, you know the worry I've had is that it's not a huge squad no considering that they're playing you know the Copa Liga Profesional the sort of Americana and the Copa Argentina yeah that's playing a, twice three times a week um Starting Every lineup, single week, um, starting lineup becomes very easy to guess, sort yeah. of work out even for a non-fan. Yeah, go, right. Racing are playing that means. Or on, these guys yeah, or on the other hand, you have a situation like on Wednesday, yesterday against Patronato, when Gaga decided to change the entire defence at a stroke. Oh, yeah, yeah. Four different defenders, <laughs> I think. which led to a few hairy moments. Um, so I mean, ten games, you can't ask. For anything better than that, really. Yeah. And obviously, it's going to win at some point with, you know, just the fatigue and um, and just a bit football, really. But they're keeping it going, and I reckon, you know, these last three games with Racing pretty much qualified. What you're going to see is Gago resting a few players more at the weekend for the yeah. for the Liga games, and then hmm. keeping his strongest players for. For the sort of many they really right? in the Copa La Liga. I don't know the, all of the permutations. I think Sarmiento had to lose yesterday. Yeah. Let's to, see. In order to yeah. that. It's essentially their. Um, yeah, it's a. 
formality yeah. at this point. At one point, we're going to have to get used to not winning a game. Uh, hopefully not on Sunday, because I can actually go to <laughs> Cylindros. That'd be a real pain in the kicking the balls if that's the game. That you, you made a last right there. So, uh, but one thing I, I want to, to explore at some point, uh, in, I'm thinking about this for a couple of days, even when I went to the stadium, that even if Copetti is in a great scoring form, <laughs> I want to see how, or check at some point, how important it's for the Argentinian teams right now mm. to have something like a pressing <coughs> forward, or an annoying forward at least. Because Union had that mm. in Alves, and without him, basically we didn't win any game, only Oriente Petrolero, if I remember correctly. And, yeah. and how those those teams had that kind of forward runs mm. every time trying to press the defenders, press, press the goalkeeper, because Estudiantes had a couple of, of guys like that, and they're, they're on top in the... Well, actually, the uh, I'll say from Racing's point of view uh, that um, when Javier Correa plays instead of Copetti, the team plays a lot better. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Copetti's got six goals yeah, in the yeah, league, I mean, he scored in the Super League. Fuck it, he's on a roll. you got to go with it. The way of stating the the play, so, you know, better, yeah. um, so basically, if, if I had to make e equivalencies in a way, you know, um, Copetti would be like your Diogo Jota to uh, what Javier Correa's Roberto Firmino, you know, in a way. That's a very interesting comparison. <laughs> just, you know? just a reminder to the audience that Sandy is the only one not drinking at yeah. the moment. <laughs> Yeah, but it, it's funny that you say this because I also feel the same with Independiente whenever Leandro Venegas plays yeah. in comparison with just about any other forward. Just even if Leandro Venegas is, you know, as much of a workhorse or something of a smart kind of striker he is, he's still, of course, bang average. But, uh, you know, even, but even for, for a bang average striker to play in the striker's position, for someone to be pressing that high and for someone to be, you know, an option for other players to play into or to you know send crosses it changes completely the face of the of the team you know with someone like Leandro Fernandez you get absolutely nothing yeah. in the box mm. I saw something nothing. interesting recently actually on Independiente if, if you allow me to, to yeah. in. go ahead go ahead um, it's not disparaging it's just uh, an analysis that I saw um, they, there was like on TV they did a comparison between the teams that had the most shots of the weekend yeah. and the teams who had the least. And Independiente, um, during their two draw against Colón, right? yeah. had the most shots and Aldo Civi had the least and they won again. And then it's like almost exactly the same when those two teams met on Tuesday or Wednesday? Tuesday. Yeah, I think... Uh, uh, I think yeah, Independiente Tuesday. had like 13, 14 shots. Aldo Civi had four and the game finished 1-0. I mean, what I see from Independiente, it's like they just waste lots of energy. Um, and just don't play very smart. Like, they just buzz around, run, 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 but then just put in shit cross after shit cross, shoot from anywhere, just... Yeah. I think not that's, that like tells you more about... Uh, nervous, everyone's just... Yeah, exactly. That tells accelerating. You, I think that tells you more about the squad than anything. And it's the coach as well. I mean, that's down to the coach, I think. Um, yeah, but the thing, is, the thing is, Independiente have kind of found, uh, at least if you compare it to the first few match weeks, mm. they have found something of a, of a discernible kind of, you know, <laughs> style of play to hold on to, or a, a few players you can trust in the style of lineup that uh, with at least great chances. But at the end of the day, 
Independiente games are decided in both boxes and the quality Independiente has in both boxes. And it's basically a flip of the coin as well. With but, the thing is, the thing is, but the thing is, Independiente have such a hard time scoring goals. They mm. create lots and lots and lots of chances, yeah. but they can't finish to save their lives. And on the other hand, they get really, really, uh, you know, uh, forwards. Mm. And since this, this defense is basically inherited from Falcioni, they don't know how to defend on the counter, no. so they no, get no. extremely exposed on the counter, and that means that every time uh, an opposing team, you know, gets twice or thrice into the box, they will score. There's it's one right at the end against Alcibi, right when exactly uh, they almost scored. A horrible mix-up, and Cesar Melli was left for anything. Was <laughs> anyone <laughs> except for Cesar Melli who couldn't finish yeah. a salad. Yeah, there was um, a, there was a great, a great save from Sosa as well. Who was it was a good save, yes. It was yeah, it was save. a good save from Sosa. But that's the thing with Independiente, you know. I think they, have a, <laughs> they are probably, as I said before, one of the best managers they could possibly have. Mm. But what can he do with the squad, yeah. man? I mean, but it's... You're, you're thinking about it in Independiente and Racing. I don't think that Correa and Copetti are much better than Benegas and Fernandez, perhaps. But... That must be some planning for what mm. happens before yeah, they finish. Also, the it's confidence and all that other stuff. Apart before the forwards are really yeah. important. You know, when you're in in your good days, you're yeah. gonna score everything that Gago does I mean, right now is good. And I, yeah. th I think you can tell that with the Benegas even. Benegas has, has been in some you know decent-ish form for the kind of striker that he actually is. Yeah, I would say. Uh, so imagine if he could, you know, uh, finish a, a bit more of the chances he gets or. You know, getting getting the in, on the end of battle crosses. You know, yeah, and also it, it talks or goes about how clever the managers are because yeah. we 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 slander Copetti and everyone slander Copetti <laughs> for a long time, and it's not about Copetti; it's about how you use Copetti, and that goes to any kind of player. I mean, even if we go back in time, Palermo wasn't like the best. He, was, no. he wasn't. He wasn't Ronaldo. <laughs> oh, the, the the original Ronaldo. He wasn't Bagnisteroy. But if you know how to use him mm. as a striker, he's gonna score. Well, yes. So he'll play. He'll play on the back of you know people like uh, you know Riquelme. Of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah. But it's also about how he's deployed and, and not overlapping players and not. Asking him to do something that he's not able to do. Yeah, and it's about sending that team up around them as well. Yeah. Yeah. So just a segue, since we mentioned ex-Boca players, it seems to be the problem with Boca right now. Yeah. In that they've got probably one of the best strikers in the league in Dario Benedetto, but just not using him. He's not mm. shooting he, at he the goal. He sees in the ball. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's the thing with Benedetto. It's, it's a, he's an excellent striker because he's very good at playing with his back to the goal. Yeah. Yeah. He's very good and at just not, you know yeah. associating with the rest of his teammates. When he when he plays the way Bataglia plays, you're completely playing against his strengths. Yeah. yeah. To, uh, and when that's the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Should we get some context? I think since that Super Classico win, Boca have drawn four or five strike games in the Copa Liga and one and lost one in the Libertadores. Yes. Is that right? Batalla's under a fair bit of now after yesterday's draw, horrible draw. They got yes, a, a, a draw with Arsenal, yeah. and uh, I think it was an away defeat against Deportivo Cali. Yes, it was yes. Yeah. I watched in El Chalten. Uh, a draw against Vélez, a home, I think it was a home win against Always Ready. It was a home win, yeah. Uh, and then draws against Lanús and Godoy Cruz. Yeah, four straight draws. Most of the games were at the Bomonera for the Copa de la Liga, and 
incredibly all of them were with Boca starting winning and then uh, of course conceding goals yeah. which is uh, I think uh, at least strange on how they they repeat mistakes because uh, they 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 uh, do something which is the, I think the most difficult thing in football which is to score and then they concede goals again uh, the most difficult thing in football actually is to, con- to to stay on top of the game because yeah. Yeah. right now the tendency is to give up possession when you score mm-hmm. it's, yeah. it, I think maybe 10, 15 teams in the world have a tendency to keep up or above the 50% uh, percentage when they are winning Rather than not, Boston will be one of them. Yeah. Boston is one of one, uh, one of them actually. Yeah, it, that is true. But most of the teams drop, give up the ball mm. when they're and and, well, yeah, and Boca they, they feels sit back. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and Boca feels uh, too much because even if Rossi is a good shot stopper overall, they lack the concentration and the and the way to hold to that lead. But he's yeah, out for and, and two months now, isn't he? Injury. Yeah. Yes, yeah, and, and well, given the fact that Boca, of, of course, have almost their their entire, you know, uh, all, all of their centre backs injured, you know, it's not really good for the team also to play so close to your own goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they don't have a lot of players to, to do that. They with. don't really have a true actual hold in for their leader. Nah. It's a kind of well, a hybrid. They've got the best part yeah, in yeah, even, the even league. Even if, you know, it's still a Teo and it's, uh, I mean, all of this is... You're stretching kind of that out. <laughs> <laughs> all of this is kind of a, a reason, I guess, that Battaglia, relatively shortly after winning a Super Classico away, mm. is under pressure again now. You know, we were talking before the Super Classico, we were saying, well, you know, he's coming under pressure already. That, that Super Classico just barely stretched a yeah. little bit. Yeah, I, I don't think, as, as Dan and I discussed on, on the X screen, like, nobody who, who watched the Super Classico Actually, I can't really remember whether we said it in exactly these words, but you know, if if you watch the match back, it's very much a case of River managing to lose it rather than mm. yeah. exactly. You know, yeah. but which isn't to say that the, the Boca don't deserve any credit because they really set out to play the only way that they could against a team who were in the kind of form that River were. Yeah. Mm. Um, but it was River's fault that that that, that, that they lost that. Yeah. If you want to make another really stretch out comparison, I want to compete with Santi on that, but <laughs> I I. I I think Gachardo overthought that game uh, <laughs> a little bit because the only thing that, that the, yeah, but the, <laughs> yeah. Only, the only the only thing that really I feel that works. comparison's a little bit closer to the fair like. <laughs> which, which makes Patagonia Salski opposite. Ah, yeah, don't say it too loudly because the River fans are going to hear it. Oh yeah, shit. I, I, I think um, that Boca. I think that Boca uh, at at this point. It's feeling more comfortable playing away than, than home because yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, even they play even decently against River after they score. But Boca is a one one trick pony. They, they give the ball to Bisha and hope for the best. Mm. Yeah. No, still, Bisha is not exactly the kind of player you of want, course, you want entrust to entrust. Sure, sure. To be the but game changer. That's the only the only reason they won the Super Clasico. Mm. Because Bisha was a little bit more deployed as a second forward and wide. And cr- Made some trouble to the centre backs, but after that, it, it, it's only that play, and then what else? This is no problem. Is there that Vish is a complete imbecile as well? So <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. But <laughs> on and off the field, if you don't have a plan B or a plan C to whatever happens on a game, and you're clueless when, when they the other team contracts what you're trying to do, you're in a big trouble. Well, you're talking about the plan B, but they don't have a plan A, I think. 
They do, but they do, uh, yeah. it, it doesn't mean that it's effective. Yeah. It exists, yeah. but... It's, Give the world to Visha. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. what happens when you trust a former Almagro manager to guide the team on, <laughs> on name recognition only. You're, you know? you're, you're being too harsh on Almagro, but... <laughs> yeah, I'm, being, I'm trying to be harsh on Batale, you know, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's, more, that's more likely. But, yeah, I mean, Boca, need, Boca needs a complete restructure of how they think, um, the way they approach... First, their goals, because every time a new president comes in and other people that manage the football at Boca think, oh, we got to aim to win the Libertadores. Mm -hmm. And you're miles away, even in Argentina, to be one of the best teams. In, in, even in, in South America, we have to, you have to compete against Palmeiras, yeah, you have Brazilians. to compete against Flamengo. Uh, even right now, I think some, some other teams can make your life difficult. So if you yeah if you work out the way you want to go back to that winning days it's not like magic and then you see stuff like they're buying things or uh, equipment to make the training ground vibe like the bombonera <laughs> and they're completely missing the mark. <laughs> Sam is looking puzzled at me. No no I was thinking I mean first of all I was thinking that for a lot of what you were just saying I, I'm getting. Manchester United alarm bells ringing in, in my head. Yeah, yeah but it's yeah. similar. Eh? I didn't want to say it. I didn't want to say it. But I was so thinking it. in the last few years, where you know you've been reading just stuff like Manchester United's only hope of qualifying for next season's Champions League is to win this season's Champions League, and you're like, I mean, why are you even humiliating yourself by saying that? Yeah, it's not going to happen. <laughs> Boca have a better chance of winning the Libertadores in any yeah. given year than Man United currently have. Yeah. Which, so I mean, maybe, currently, so maybe so maybe first the last five leagues too. They're going to be out there always. Manchester United. Hang on, Lars. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Let's try and talk one at a time because I didn't hear what Dan and Santi were both saying. <laughs> yeah. uh, Santi, what were you saying? Uh, so maybe if you put it that way, maybe then I think a more accurate comparison to, to Boca would be PSG's situation in the sense that they are also, you know, with this impossible standard of, okay, yeah, I mean, every year we have to I guess have if, our if own PSG objective. I guess if winning the league title. Yeah, but Boca... But Boca won six Libertadores and PSG didn't won any. Yeah, yeah, but still Boca won I understand the, the current part. Like, exactly. currently yeah, it currently, works. Yeah, uh, currently, of course, yeah. It works. Dan, what were you saying? No, I was just going to say, um, we should have some perspective in this as well, because we're talking about a team which has won, I think, three of the last five league titles. Hmm. Um, so, and have won a major national title as recently as... You know, the start of last year. It's a team... And they're in the that, playoffs. Uh, and they're in the playoffs and they're going to be in the playoffs. It's yeah, a team it's, that even playing in third gear is among the best three or four teams in the country. Yeah. And, but um, they've got the potential to do better. One, yeah. one thing that I found interesting when Santi and Tony started, started talking about Boca and, and kind of contrasting them with Independiente... You know, one of the things that Santi pointed out when, when he was talking about Independiente was Independiente can't score and they make it look incredibly difficult. Uh, Independiente, I was looking up as you were saying that, but I didn't get a chance to point out. They've scored 11 matches in a row. So I don't think scoring is as much the problem as defending. No, they've got this capacity to chuck it away. And as you said, you know, as Dan pointed out, I, I think they it would be scoring. So many exactly. That, that's yeah. what I meant when, um, when, I, when I said that. Like how much do I have to risk, risk scoring, yeah. Yeah. to score every goal? The thing, the thing about them, uh, the thing about them is that they create so many chances that they should be scoring about three times every game. Yeah, yeah, At least in the last few games, because 
in the first few match weeks, not even that was happening. And they also have to sharpen up the defence. In the Copa de la Liga, they've scored 14 and conceded 14. Yeah. Boca have scored 13 and conceded 10. And that's just enough of a difference in identity, even if Boca don't have a very clear idea should, of what they're trying to do. We should check... To, to make a five-point difference. We should, we should check how many points you drop out from the score conceded. Mm. Yeah. No, it's not. It's not just for right now, obviously, but it's a good point. You you can concede less than your <coughs> opponents, but if you're winning one nil and then you are, yeah, uh, exactly. you're gonna drop points. Oh, yeah. Totally. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and also the fact, also something important about Nuremberg is the fact that they've almost always started games a goal down, which is you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's something that's really really. They have to wake up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know that it's yeah. always. It's always the fact that in the main they start these games uh, on the wrong foot, and then almost all of those goals were scored in the, from reactionary positions. You know, for example, um, both of uh, their equalizers against Colón, all three of their equalizers against Godoy Cruz, for example, yeah. they all came from losing positions. Yeah, and they all had to Aldo back. Yeah. Um, so. It's like the opposite to Boca then, because Boca always score early and then just throw it away. In and you guys draw. <laughs> In Tucumán, <laughs> in Tucumán, Argentinos have just beaten Atletico 4-2. Uh, you heard Santi just a few minutes ago saying that Atletico yeah. had, had equalised. May, uh, may I correct uh, Tony? Um, Alconsala is no longer the manager of Atletico Tucumán. It's Pusineri now. Oh, What's worse? Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good question. Uh, that means there are going to be... <coughs> so teams are going to finish with... How many games are there left? Three. Yep. Yes. In the group. Yeah. Well, Boca is right now discussing. It yes. was in the media. All of the all, I think today, yesterday. For surprise uh, of no one. With, with yes, trying to <coughs> guess who will be the next coach because Battaglia will surely be sacked or he will resign and nothing happened. But they are guessing, trying to say who will be the next coach, and there is no one. No. That is the reality. Who's gonna take Boca right now? Well, uh, well. One of the early rumblings was Alexander Medina, who was also yes, you know, sacked in Inter, right? Yeah, he was just sacked in Inter de Porto Alegre, and he was also you know rumored to be the next Vélez boss as well. Yeah, with Boca there was the typical links with, for example, Gareca, who will by now no, there is no chances because he will play the playoffs to, to get to the World Cup with Peru. Yeah, also yeah. Palermo. Or yes, but well, I'm, sure, I'm sure we also said had to. In, um, in the media, I mean. No, nah, no, don't think so. Bielsa is now, you know, rumored to take over maybe one of the three uh, vacancies uh, in South America, like the national teams. All right. It's been, you know, rumored to take over Bolivia or even uh, Colombia right no, now. No, Colombia. Alfaro was uh, not. Was Alfaro, Alfaro. Yeah. was going after the World Cup. Yeah, you sure yeah. that? Yeah, that would so be. Weird. Yeah. Maybe I, they also I went to Ecuador. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if I was Alfaro, I wouldn't do that, but still. You're not Alfaro. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Bielsa managing Ecuador could be good fun, though. That was fun. Anyway, uh, before we go for a break, River, uh, Andres. For, for a while, you were warning that they were winning matches without particularly impressing. Uh, has anything changed? It's weird. It's weird to talk about River because we are always, or supporters are always comparing this. Uh, a river with the one who, uh, which won the, the former tournament uh, and it's clearly not at the same level with a lot of, of, of injuries, a lot of, uh, uh, well, now 
started the, the changing of the or the rotation of the of the of the squad because of the uh, several matches in 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 little space of time, and clearly they are like uh, they are matches in which you 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 say oh well this is the real we want to see and mm -hmm. others in which there is a, a like a step back like yesterday last night in which uh, as something we we, we uh, I, I I must say is it was a, a totally substitute team because uh, even Pochettino and Mamana Mamana who uh, played the, his first match his, his, since he came back and he didn't uh, do it so so bad the one who was really really atrocious was Leandro Gonzalez Pires who I, I wouldn't say like a, I, I read a supporter saying that the the, the the solution for River is for Gonzalez Pires to, to die, but, <laughs> but uh, he, I think the as a, as a sign clearly didn't work. I, I well, could well, the lineups on on sofa score have given him Leandro Gonzalez Pires seven point four. Seven. Out of what? River's what? highest rated player. What? Can I, can what I, match did they watch? Can yeah. I say something as a as a starter for an employee? Um, Do not trust that. In his case, I, I don't. I watched the game. In his case, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying it to the audience. Don't do it. Yeah. It's a trap. And I think the the audience will know. Just saying. They shouldn't. Yeah. In his case, we could confirm that perhaps coming from a team like Inter Miami, a MLS team, uh, wasn't a measure. To you could compare his perhaps great performances there to what he's doing right now. Great. Uh, perhaps Pochettino is not playing that much. And Barco is injured right now, so uh, the ones who came from MLS, well, we couldn't say that they were uh, brilliant, except for Onsakris, who wasn't good at all. Uh, and uh, but yes, uh, I went first, for example, to to watch the stadium against Gimnasia and against Argentina Juniors, uh, two matches in which we didn't record the handball episode, and those matches were. Uh, Mm, against Gimnasia it was great with the uh, usual dominance from River and against Argentinian Juniors it was really complicated because Argentinian Juniors played openly to River and it complicated them. Oh, and that it, was the one with 4-2 yes. with two was, really late goals, right? Yes, it was 2-0 uh, for River then oh, not that late, but Argentinian scored equalizer and uh, in the second half River finally could uh, uh, finish a, a a decent victory, but uh, Argentinos at that point uh, was the best team, uh, and that's something that happened is happening so quite often yeah. that the other team is better than River, who, which is something that uh, some time ago didn't happen. Right. And now, well, it's I think it's uh, uh, we have to take into account that there is a huge rotation. The, the, I think the biggest was last night against Tacheres, and having lost uh, against the, one of the poorest team, like you said. In the, in the league or in the in the country, uh, well, that talks about that. That uh, there were a lot of players that weren't used to uh, have a, a 90 minutes of football, yeah. and and well, uh, that explains a part of the of the defeat, perhaps. I think the other thing is that you know at, at the very beginning of the season, I, I remember saying I think after the first match was it when he scored a hat trick that Julian Alvarez signing for Man City hasn't distracted six matches you know, since he hasn't scored. Yeah. He's seriously fallen off his level since then. Now he's he had a over. Uh, I don't know how to say it over carga. Well, it is uh, in his muscle. Muscle fatigue, yeah. Oh. yeah. 
uh, and that prevented him from playing at Banfield and against Tacheres and we hope he will be able to play against Atletico Tucumán um, but him, Ezequiel Barco, now Quintero, Pinola who well perhaps is not playing in a starting lineup but he could have played just last night against uh, uh, instead of González Pires for example yeah. uh, is making things more complicated apart from the rotation Is Quintero injured? Yes oh. Yeah Yes. Can I add two little nerdy things? The first one is uh, Julian Alvarez is actually still the player with more involvements in goal in River. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because of assists. But I mean, just watching just him and comparing yeah. what he saw last year. And, and to add to, to what we were talking um, earlier about the teams I can see after scoring and whatnot, I just check which were the teams that gained more points from losing positions and dropped from winning positions. The ones that lose more points from being winning, sorry, the one that they gain the most is Barraca Centrales with 12 points from, from losing positions. Ooh. Arsenal and Sarmiento have eight and Colón seven, River six. Okay. The only one that, oh, the, only, the only couple of teams that didn't gain from losing positions are Union, Patronato, News, Tacheres, and Boca. So Boca, every time they've been uh, down, down they, they, were, they never even want to draw. Yeah, exactly. Wow. And when it comes from drop points, from many positions, the top is Huracan with 11. And then Boca and Lanús with 10. Oof, that's Boca dropped 10 points from winning. Shh. And the only team that didn't drop points from winning is the Gimnasia. Can I just point out that Huracan have got 12 points? Yeah. So they won 11 of those scoring Yeah, exactly. And just... And That's then the there are a couple of teams with only two points dropped from winning positions, which are Platense, Estudiantes, Tigre, Atletico Tucumán, Racing and River. Anyway, the yeah, I mean, the it, it explains itself right. a little bit, but yeah. it's interesting to see that first, the Huracan got most of the points from, yeah. from losing, I mean, and Boca dropped 10 points. Or a kind of 10. So, in, in, the, in the being slap bang in the middle of both statistics just tells the whole story of their season, doesn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's <laughs> meh. <laughs> seven, seven bloody draws. <laughs> For Julian Alvarez not scoring goals, uh, I think it seems it's six, six games ago that he doesn't score, I think. Mm. Uh, there are two reasons, I think. One, of course, the, the most important is that he lowered his performance with is something expectable that you won't score three games, three goals each games, each game. And, and I think that, which is also natural, is that since he his transfer was confirmed to Manchester City, his performance always uh, logically uh, went a bit down. And that uh, uh, Matias Suarez is back at the team, and yeah, that's true. He's now uh, and again with this, uh, I think, a, a secondary role. Uh, even assisting, but not uh, with the main objective of scoring, perhaps. As uh, and Matias Suarez now ha is is scoring, so that is something that has to do mm. also. Yeah, after one of the recent games, um, the uh, the pitch side guy grabbed Suarez and then Quintero in quite quick succession, and I mean it was just like, oh, would you two get a room? Because <laughs> it's like one of the first times they played together, and I think Quintero set Suarez up for a goal, and Suarez won a penalty that Quintero scored or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and both of them were just like, yeah, I love playing with him. He's such a nice guy. And, uh, it was very funny to watch. Um, anyway, we're going to take a half-time break because everybody, or nearly everybody, I haven't, but uh, as, as the others have all emptied their glasses. So we're going to refill glasses. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about the Copa Libertadores. And we shall talk about Argentina's World Cup group draw because that's happened since mm. we last oh, right. Remember that? that. I remembered it. All them years Whoa. ago. <laughs> so don't go away. 
Welcome back. Copa Libertadores, first of all, then. Um, results. We've had two rounds of matches so far. Let's just go through all of them. Deportivo. Is that the first match of the group stage? No, it wasn't. It's just... There we are. Right, the first match of the group stage was Colón versus Peñarol, which finished 2-1. Olympian Cerro Porteño drew 0-0, as did Caracas and Atletico Paranaense, who <laughs> still don't understand why they changed the name to that, but anyway... Deportivo Cali beat Boca Juniors 2-0. Always Ready beat Corinthians 2-0. Uh, sp- uh, these aren't actually in the order they've played, sorry. They're in alphabetical group order, I think. But anyway. Um, Sporting Cristal lost 2-0 at home to Flamengo. Tacheres got a 1-0 win over Universidad Católica uh, of Chile. Chile, yeah. Uh, the Ecuadorian play Sudamérica. America Mineiro, the... Big, I keep forgetting they're in this year's Libertadores team for me. Um, lost 2-0 at home to Independiente del Valle. Bragantino beat Nacional of Uruguay 2-0. Um, what? I don't know what's going on there. I just listed that one above and then said it's no, cancelled. Anyway. Uh, Alianza Lima lost 1-0 at home to River Plate of Argentina because River Plate of Uruguay and the Sudamericana aren't they yes, yes. yes. Uh, Tolima lost 2-0 2-0 at home to Atletico Mineiro Atletico Mineiro not America Mineiro Palmeiras got a 4-0 win over Tachira away Independiente Petrolero who were a club I don't think I'd heard of before they're like this third team in Santa Cruz so because I'd heard of is yeah. it Alianza Oriente Petrolero I'd heard yeah, of that exactly. they're a big old club but Independiente Petrolero this year's Libertadores is the only reason I've ever heard of them mm-hmm. uh, they drew 1-1 at home to Emelec uh, Colo Colo beat Fortaleza 2-1 away Estudiantes versus Belles in the Libertadores not in the local league finished 4-1 to Estudiantes and the strongest were held 1-1 by Libertad which is pretty undignified for the strongest at home. In the second round of group matches, Cerro Porteño beat Colón 3-1, Universidad Católica beat Sporting Cristal 2-1, Boca Juniors beat Always Ready 2-0, Peñarol beat Olimpia 2-1, those were all at home, as was Palmeiras 8-1 dismantling of Independiente Petrolero. They were losing. They, lo- they were down 1-0. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. Were <laughs> the they were losing. Um, 12 goals in two they matches. They gave them hope. Flamengo, <laughs> Flamengo beat Tacheres 3-1 in Rio. Uh, Libertad beat Caracas 2-1 in Asunción. These are all home wins so far in the second round. Nacional versus Estudiantes ended 0-0. So not a home win. To surprise you, no. River beat Fortaleza 2-0 in the Monumental. Atlético Mineiro versus América Mineiro finished 1-1. Corinthians versus Deportivo Cali finished 1-0 to Corinthians. Independiente del Valle versus Deportes Tolima finished 2-2. Atletico beat the strongest 1-0 at home. Vélez uh, got a 2-2 draw at home to Bragantino. And Emelec beat... No, they didn't beat. What am I talking about? They drew 1-1 with Tachira. Um, what that does for the standings, and I'll just go through the Argentine teams now, uh, means that Estudiantes are top of Group C. Or, yeah, top on goal difference ahead of Bragantino. Uh, Nacional a third, Vélez a fourth, but two games played. Estudiantes and Bragantino both have four points. Nacional and Vélez both have one point, so there's still plenty to play for there. Uh, Group D, there are no Argentine sides. Group E, uh, Deportivo Cali, Boca, always ready, and Corinthians all have three points. That's going to be a big group. They are separated on... I need always ready to qualify. 
Deportivo Cali are currently top on goal difference. Boca and Always Ready have both scored two and conceded two, and Corinthians are currently bottom on goal difference. Boca is top because they beat Always Ready. After uh, goal difference. Boca is second. Oh, on head to head, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Separate other Second to Deportivo Cali on goal difference, ahead of Always Ready on head to head. Rivera, top of group. F with six points and a goal difference of plus three. Colo Colo have six points and a goal difference of plus two. Ayanza Lima and Fortaleza both lost both of their matches so far. Colón a third in Group G on three points on goal difference behind Peñarol. Cerro Porteño have four. Olimpia have one. Are two two Paraguayan teams in the same? Um, yeah, because Cerro Olimpia uh, one of went for the qualifiers. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Tacheres a third in Group H with three points and a goal difference of minus one. Uh, behind Universidad Católica on goal difference, Flamengo have six points. Sporting Cristal have none. How are these teams going to finish, guys? In particular, how are the Argentines? Well, we know that Tacheres are going to go through to win it now because they've got a Portuguese coach. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> they played those games, I think, before their Portuguese coach came in, or mm. at least one of them. Um, uh, now, I think they, they played one, uh, They played the second uh, the, the second group game, and that was the first win for Tachini. There we go. It's already happened. Yeah. Uh, a little bit more the seriously. The second group game was the first win yeah. for Kashini and Tajeres. A little bit more but seriously. Didn't they lost against Flamengo? Yeah, they did. They lost three oh. to Flamengo. Oh, that no, was the no, second no, no, group game. No, no, yeah. And that was oh. a. Pa- pa- I said nothing. Carlos Souza's not Portuguese, is he? He's yeah, who? Cool. Of course he is. Carlos Souza, yeah. Carlos Souza. Of course he is. Former Poland manager. That was a clash of Portuguese managers then. Yep. Yeah. Which we missed. That'll be why they didn't win. Indeed, yeah. I was going to say, a little, you know, speaking a little bit more seriously, you'd say uh, River and Estudiantes uh, looking good value yeah. to go through. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Boca is going to depend a lot on if we they manage to shake this funk they've been in for the and for by last funk, month or so. I buy funk, you mean Sebastian Battaglia? Um, I, I think winning I think in Bolivar would be the, the, yeah. the, key, the key factor there. Yes. Yeah. Because they're always ready. Sorry, I'm going to leave right now. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, Vélez, I think they'd probably be better off now just trying to get third and going to the Sword of Americana where they might have a chance because they're not good enough for their work though, this year. Was br- I, I saw the match, Estudiantes versus oh, Vélez. Christ. That was just they, it was yeah. brutal. It could have been what? six or seven yeah. for Estudiantes. Yeah. And that's funny how uh, they, uh, a lot of people saying that at the end this, because they are Zielinski, they are a defensive team. Or that Zielinski is defensive, mm. and they are scoring more goals than any other team. Well, here's the, I mean, they, they clearly set up that way first. But as I said a few weeks ago, it's just it, it's the speed and the accuracy of their yeah. transition when they switch from defence to attack. They hit you so quickly that you don't know what's happened. It's, it's a master of Bocelli. It's a master just of playing everything he gets into the net. He's playing like he was playing for <laughs> 10 years. Uh, and Diaz, who is, uh, when he was at the team of Coman, didn't score a goal line. No, oh, he was horrible. And, and now he's, he's a horrible person. But he just needed. Really he, well. he just needed to play for a team with the right amount of shit house. Yes. So yeah. match my head. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. and the Estudiantes, yeah, that works. Exactly. Uh, that works wonders. Yeah, with with Boca, I kind of, I mean, on the one hand, you think, well, okay, they've got three points on the table after after two matches, and one of those matches was in a way, you know, against mm. Cali. It, it, it's a difficult. But Deportivo Cali was also an trip. Horrendous form. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the but the other thing is that having three points in two matches and having got those three points by using up your home game against the Bolivian side, they've got to play Corinthians twice. Mm. They've, they've got, got a great okay, team. They've got a home game against Cali, but still, and they've got they've then got to go to La Paz. 
It's a shame they're not playing in El Aldo because it's the highest, you know, top level stadium in the world. Yeah, I think it's four thousand six hundred meters above sea level. But against always ready in La Paz, I think that if you get give the ball to Villa, who is clearly well, his speed could do damage. Could damage for what for like ten minutes. I think they could do something good with that. In fact, against the scenario, he dies. In fact, I think that in the last couple of games. In, in the last couple of hours, they defeated the strongest in La Paz with Bisha. Yeah, that was a very impressive game. That, yeah. that was the first game of the group stage, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. I think. Um, well, the last, the last Argentinian team that won, uh, I believe it was Union. So. They've got <laughs> Corinthians in San Paulo next week. Yep. Um, so that's going to be my app just decided to switch to the 2015. Corinthians with, with, with Paulinho <laughs> coming back. Yeah. Yes. And uh, William possibly leaving as well, you know, he's also received some nasty treatment from fans as well. So, yeah. um, so they've got Corinthians and then they've got the away match against Always Ready back to back. So in a few weeks' time, we're going to be much wiser by oh, mid-May. Uh, they're away to Always Ready on the 4th of May. So we'll talk again in a couple of weeks about Boca's chances. I, I think they have to put, of course, all of their, their attention there because... Uh, it's proved that they they drew, draw most of the matches at Copa de la Liga and they still are, uh, at this point, are going through to the yeah. quarterfinals. Hmm. That could be dangerous. Because mm-hmm. they're out for goal difference or something like that in the in the Copa de la Liga and then don't win in Bolivia. Honestly, I, they have to play Barracas and yeah, I don't see Boca going out. I, I really don't see Boca losing a spot to Barracas or Independiente. Ah, I really don't. Similar. Don't I, I really don't. I don't know. I think the big advantage Boca always have is that they have so much more rotation than pretty much any other yeah. team in the league. Like, yeah. Even more than River, they can afford to take five players out and still yeah, play in a very they do, competitive they team. They do Especially not have any centre-backs right now in the in squad. Terms of, in terms of name recognition, that's probably mm. true. But in terms of the, the sort of base level that they're operating at, it, Clearly isn't. That's another story if the first team players are playing shit already. Exactly. It's, it's difficult yeah, to uh, and, and get through And even on nominal terms, they still don't have any centre-backs right now. That's, so that's going to be interesting. Yeah. yeah. But they um, should squeeze through against Centro Corvo. Even if they rest a few players. Or at least it won't make much difference yeah. if they go with all I mean, yeah, the first-teamers or none of the first-teamers right now. Yeah, it, it's the game of, you know, um, almost accidental qualification that may, in a very, very Boca kind of way... We'll warrant a, a, a really deep run into the playoffs. We'll see. It'll be very bocker to yeah. <laughs> be at like their lowest seven now go to Sao Paulo and get a victory. I like, would just a horrible, dirty victory. Crappy, yeah. On that note, I will point out that in 2014, San Lorenzo Ooh. qualified for the knockout stage of the Libertadores because the team who had won their group with nothing to play for already because they'd already won the group with a match or two to spare got a 4-3 away win against a team who couldn't qualify. Yeah. And San Lorenzo went on to win the Libertadores. And the following year, 2015, River, yeah, River. River got out of the group stage in exactly the same yeah. way. The team who had already won River's group got a 4-3 away win when they didn't need to play at all, put River in the knockout stage. And in both cases, actually definitely in River's case, and I think also in San Lorenzo's case, the team they beat in the final was the team who had helped them to qualify from the group stage. Yeah, actually, um, uh, really interesting, you know, nugget that I remember uh, in the San Lorenzo final is they played against Nacional and I know that they weren't the team that felt them qualify ah, because Nacional from Paraguay was 
the worst team that qualified to the runoff 16 and Sarenzo was the second worst. Yes, that's right. <laughs> so, so when you had to rank all the performances in the group stage of all the 16 teams that qualified to the runoff 16, Sarenzo were 15th and Nacional were 16th. <laughs> that, it was that kind of, you know. Um, very quickly Sorry. moving on to the Sudamericana we're not going to go into it in as much detail but just give you the current uh, where the Argentine sides are uh, Rusty won everything in the Sudamericana the team who finished top of each group will go through I can't remember whether we said this when we were recording we before the break or whether we said it during the break so I'll just repeat it just in case the top team from each group goes to the last 16 as do the third place team from the Libertadores group stages so only the first team matters. Um, in Group A of the Sudamericana, Lanús are top, Barcelona, Metropolitanos and Wanderers are uh, second, third and fourth. 4-3-2-1 four, is the points total there. In Group B, Racing have six points, Melgar and Cuyabat have three each and River have none. In Group C, Union La Calera of Chile. Yep, yes. Yes, yes, I always have to pause there, even though I know the answer. <laughs> have four points. Santos and Banfield have three each. And Universidad, uh, who are hosting the final, I think, right? Mm, no. No. I can't remember where the Sudamericana final is being played, but the Libertadores final in 2018 was in Universidad Stadium, of course. Universidad. Um, oh, yes. So who the fuck are Universidad? Universidad Católica de Ecuador. That's yep. sort of right. That's, that's, right. that's, that's the one. Randomly Came back to bite you. Shortening team names. Uh, anyway, they've got one point. Group D, the Libertadores final is in Barcelona's stadium. That's, yeah. Uh, group D, and they're not in the Libertadores. San Paulo are top with six points. Ashacucho. From <laughs> through. Points. Yeah. I mean, they, I know, yeah, I know where it is, but they, I did not know they were in the. They didn't win a game and score a goal in <laughs> South American history up to this season. Yeah. Right. They've got one win and one loss so far. And uh, they almost uh, win against. Who was the win against? Sao Paulo? They beat Jorge Winston. And they were 3 3 4 against Sao Paulo, I think? Oh, really? Something like that? Oh, I don't know. 3-2. 3-2. They three, almost... Yeah. Let's see. 3-2. That was a great San game. Paolo, I did not see that. I just, must have been in child 10 at this point. San Paolo got a penalty to win it in the 88th minute. Mm. Yep. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. So, Group D is San Paolo top, Ashacucho um, uh, on three points, Wilstermann and Everton on Viña del Mar, not of Liverpool, of course, on one point. In Group well, I mean, E, Dim, Independiente Medellín, are on four points. Guayreña uh, of Bolivia. Paraguay. Paraguay. Ah, <laughs> I think of Guayaba or something like that. Uh, in too. And Internacional both have two points. And Nueve de Octubre also Paraguay have. So no, there's a. No problem. Oh, really? They're not? Yep. It, it just like, <laughs> that just sounds like such a Paraguay club. Exactly. There's a dozen of them. You know, there is a dozen of yes. Teams right. with dates on their names are really Paraguayan. I'm sorry. Dose de Octubre are the club that uh, Salvador Cabanas was played yes. for. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Atletico Goyash atop of Group F with six points. Defensive oh, yes. of have three, as do Liga de Quito and Antofagasta have no points. In Group G, Ser, I don't speak Portuguese. Ser, Ser. Um, have six done. points Independiente that's our Independiente right? Yeah, that's our Independiente are on three points La Guaira 
and General Caballero have one point. You each. know that General Caballero is one of those cases that won the, um, the second division and they went qualified. Ah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, General Caballero had a Sasa Salcedo in their, in their, yep. in their ranks, nice. the former River striker. And Yules. And Yules, of course. Yep. And in Group H, Atletico Junior have four points and are top, only on goal difference ahead of Union. Uh, Fluminense have three points and Oriente have that's Oriente Petro that's right, Oriente Petro yeah, yeah. club I mentioned earlier yeah. uh, have no points because I mean yeah, I've heard of them but that doesn't mean they're any good it's going to be the group of death with uh, Probably, yeah. Junior and Fluminense in there oh yeah yeah Union is going to the Maracanã this week it's very fun and we promised you a little bit of World Cup chat as well the World Cup Woo! group stage draw was made on the 1st of April. It is now the 19th of April, but this is... I, I love that Santa's excited. I'm not really excited. It's 21st they, of April. It's a World Cup year, man. I, I, mean, I, I don't care if we do, do poorly. It's still a World it's Cup It's not year. that. It's just you said about the yeah. how uh, similar group stage yeah. was with the 2018 World Cup. And it could also... Of course, this will be a spoiler, perhaps, but... But they could meet France, that is, again, at the round of 16, that is not good at all. So yeah, that's, that's if we, if Argentina, for some inexplicable reason, just like they did in 2018, we finished second. Well, 2018 wasn't that is inexplicable. Can, can I just point out that since Brazil won... Yeah, Croatia were a mess in, before the World Cup. Since so. Brazil won the 2002 World Cup and then made it out of the group stage in 2006. Yeah. Every subsequent World Cup winner has gone out in the group stage. Exactly. So, mm-hmm. who says we're going to beat France? Or Argentina are going to beat France, I should say, in the last 16. France aren't going to be in the last 16. No, yeah, no, no one expected stage. Germany to, to you know, do it the way they did in 2018 with a group with Sweden, Mexico and South Korea as well. So, who knows? Anyway, um, it is a difficult World Cup to get fully enthusiastic about, but let's face I mean, it. I mean, it's still in Qatar. <laughs> like... Exactly. He's trying, he's trying his best. Okay. <laughs> uh, in case you can't remember, Argentina's group, and I looked this up, this is the second time this century that Argentina's group has not included Nigeria. And of course, on yep. this occasion, that's because Nigeria did not qualify. Yep. We all know that had Nigeria qualified, they would be in this group. And, the other, and the other time that they weren't in the in their same group was for the same reason they didn't qualify to 2006. Right. Oh, I thought they were, and then they got drawn in a different group. No, we got... No. We got um, the, only time, that one. the only time that ever happened was in 98. Right. And they were in the same group in 94 as well, weren't they? Yeah. So, so every so since... Nigeria has played... Uh, I mean, Nigeria made their debut in the World Cup in 94. Yes, that's right. And they only missed two World Cups. And out of all the World Cups they actually qualified to, the only one where they didn't have the same group as Argentina was 98 and that time they made it out yes yeah yeah so yep. um, anyway Argentina have been drawn in the same group as three teams who did qualify for the World Cup <laughs> with, who apologies, would have with apologies to any listeners we have in Nigeria um, and those three teams are Mexico Saudi Arabia both of whom as we pointed out to each other during the group stage uh, during the group stage during the interval uh, do play in green so you know in a way they have Argentinian manager Yes, they do as well. Well, I mean, Tata Martino, I don't know how, how much now. it's going to last, but yeah. <laughs> let's just... Uh, and Poland, which feels oh, like... Oh, they, 
kind of apart. Mention, it was mentioned as a, the match between Messi and Lewandowski. I mean, to be honest, Poland never... that's a famous footballing rivalry that, you know, yeah. we've been talking about. <laughs> well, I mean, decades, Lewandowski actually fired some shots at Messi in the last few months because of oh. Ballon d'Or stuff, which was, yeah, Man. it was really boring and no one cares about the Ballon d'Or at this point for anyone to be invested in that. But yeah, if, he, if only, Lewandowski only. wants to make this a personal stuff... Let's make it possible. Only 13 year olds cares about the Holland Yeah. Moving on. I don't think Poland is the rival there, to be honest. But not because the other teams are better, but because Poland, when it comes to the World Cups or Euros, they're shit. Yes. Yeah. To lack of a better word. Um, yeah, they tend to be pretty bad. Yep. The first match for Argentina is against Saudi Arabia. It's at 7 o'clock in the morning, Argentine time, yeah. so I will not be watching it. <laughs> I'll cut um, my evening shirt. Tomorrow. Yeah, they're two at 4 p.m., I think. Actually, uh, if, if, if Argentina top their group, every other game that Argentina will play throughout the World Cup, no matter how, how they end up... Well, if they will, not... Well, yeah. But, <laughs> I mean, they, but they will all play at 4 p.m. So, yeah. if they finish top... Every uh, all the games that will follow. That is the last time I think because there is a, a it will be 10 p.m. of quarter time. Mm-hmm. At 4 p.m. here. Yeah, it's, the, it's the final time slot. Yeah, yeah, it's the final time slot. Which means yeah, it's obviously going to be the preferred time slot for. Um, for the well, maybe not because the third place and the final are going to be at 12 o'clock our time. Really? Why not play that at a hotter time of day than? <laughs> Ridiculous, bloody uh, honestly. Yes, anyway, it's for this kind of thing that, and, and I obviously think for all the human rights abuses. Ridiculous sorry, I'm, I'm not going to say that I'm oh. going to be boycotting and not watching this World Cup, but I'm definitely not going to go for the seven o'clock on telly. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to pay anything. Like I'm going to watch all illegal. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, to watch it at the hour. You know, to, to I stream. don't want to give him rating even. Like I don't care. <laughs> You're not giving rating to Qatar. You know, you give him rating to you know. The Republican, they say. Yes. Yeah, like that's good. Yeah, but he'd rather he'd rather give the ratings to the Saudi Arabian streamers. Okay, yeah, exactly. yeah, but, uh, yeah, dude. <laughs> you're totally gonna give, give rating to be out <laughs> instead of be in. No, 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 no. But very choosy about the kind of human rights. That you <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no. I mean, but to be honest, at, at, at work we have streams to use, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna go with that one. But okay, yeah. honestly, I, I'm not really enthusiastic. Um, when they, they the, the last or oh, the, the recent news about they, they were taking out the rainbow flags that oh, yeah. were inside the stadium to protect the fans. Wasn't that happening in Hungary as well during the Euros? Yeah, but I mean. That's Hungary. Hungary. <laughs> but uh, in a World Cup, that, that makes no up. sense. Yeah. Uh, Andres, you were going to say something before I talked over you. No, I, I don't think it's ridiculous, but uh, that water or. Not playing the first team, the first match, because it was a tradition. So I mm. think it was 16 yeah, years ago. It's still going to be the third game. Yes. <coughs> Money. <coughs> yeah. But it's still going to be listed officially as the opening match. So, so we will have the inauguration on the third game. Yeah. But it's like the, the Olympics. Olympics. <laughs> what the it's like the Olympics. Some 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 sports start before. Yeah, the but the Olymp- with the Olympics it's different because you know of it's course. not going to be all the same event yeah, as yeah, in the yeah, World Cup. You know, but you know, but it's got to put in some more money to the dome. Be as as embarrassed. <laughs> it looks like it's well. I mean, the two yeah. matches before. Actually, no. I was going to say the two matches before don't look all that good. Uh, England Iran looks. I mean, it's 
probably. I mean, that's that's the group uh, with, all, with all the narratives crammed inside one. You know, England with the USA, USA with Iran, England probably with Scotland if they qualify, or Wales. Well, if there's going to be a, some kind of bomb threat, we will be in that game. Can I bet on that? Yeah. I mean, anyone who, was, <laughs> anyone who remembers the 98 World Cup, how was that? Like? I'm just going to hang on, let me just note down this time so I can cut what Tony just said. <laughs> So, anyone who remembers the 98 World Cup, how was that back then when USA faced their run? Was it tense? Uh, Not there really. Was, there was a bit of talk about it and beforehand and, and, and there was some nothing. kind of... But I don't think there was any actual tension. And I, I seem to remember actually there being quite a friendly atmosphere in the stadium and between oh. the players before the game. Because I one, the one thing I do remember very, very clearly is that my mum walked in during the anthems <laughs> and remarked on the fact that they were all being really nice mm. to each other. Um, so, yeah, it kind of passed without any incident. There was obviously a little bit yeah. of talk. Yeah, of course. Just I mean, a pretty crap game between two yeah, it wasn't a fairly crap uh, teams. Yeah. yeah, probably. Obviously, if you're listening to this and you're one of our many American listeners um, and it was handled <laughs> differently in the States, then do let us know. But that was at least mine and Dan's I wonder how they're going to do how they're going to do without be well playing games in minus twenty degrees, like what they were doing lately. Do you oh, know? you mean the United States? And yeah, 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 yeah. Right. I thought you were making an allusion to the fact this is the first World Cup to be held during the Argentine summer. Which is the one thing that I'm actually quite looking forward to because it's going to feel like a World Cup again. <laughs> they, they it's going to be good. Yeah. over a decade now. Three a World Cups. That's a kind of kind of birthday. November and December yeah, are going to be brilliant. Well, last year, my my mum didn't want me to go celebrate the the Copa America the over this because it was so cold. So you can imagine. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I wanted to go with my then girlfriend there, but she she wouldn't have it. But anyway. <laughs> Uh, you have to, to select better your, the women you get around with. <laughs> I mean, I don't think Santa can do much about his mum. So. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's move on to Lister's questions, shall we? Yeah, um, let's. Just got to go down to see which notifications are the new notifications. Just been scrolling a bit because my phone's very slow. Uh, that is somebody. Yeah. A couple of weeks old, but I'm just trying to make sure we've not missed anything. I mean, if it works. Okay, super, somebody asking for Copa Libertadores podcast recommendations. Okay. Uh, no, no, I've got it here. It's all right, thank you. Okay, okay. Uh, so, we have had questions from. God, I wish it would stop just recommending <laughs> tweets from you lot. That I've not seen through not logging into Twitter for ages. Sorry for tweeting. Lawrence yeah. Hart. Now, Dan's already answered this one by Twitter, and I kind of answered it at the start of the podcast as well, but let's give it some acknowledgement. Lawrence says, Why is there no hand pod while Rassinger in such good form? 10 straight victories deserves a three hour special. Um, we're getting on to three hours. Yeah, we, we might Because be we, we have an anti Rassinger agenda. That's exactly Obviously. Right. As Dan said, either Sam hates me and Rassing or we've both been on holiday for the last couple of weeks or maybe a bit of both. It was indeed a bit of both. Bit of both. Not really, Dan, I love you. Uh, Ronnie Mazunda says, how do you evaluate Tacheres as a team? They're fun to watch, but can be frustrating at times. Can they be taken seriously in no. Libertadores? No. Um, no. I would say you've evaluated them very well indeed there. And 
on the one hand, no, they can't be taken seriously in the Libertadores, but on the other hand, they have a Portuguese manager, so yes. they're going to win the Libertadores. So they can't be taken seriously, period. Not they should, just they the should, Libertadores. They should do like they, a, they're a going final... To, they're going to win it without anybody taking them seriously. Yeah. They, should, they should do a final round, like in the old days, when the, 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 the winner was decisive, the decided enough kind of a group stage ah, yeah. between Flamengo, Palmeiras and Tacheras, the three they have. And uh, <laughs> who, who are, what, wait, and Paulo Sousa, he was at Flamengo, right? Yes. Oh, no, I thought it was going to side. I got it mixed up. Yeah, so, I said nothing. Um, but yeah, I mean, as we kind of have said already, they're, they're not particularly good this year, but it looks like they might be on the up a little bit now, and they did just beat River with a pretty uh, backs-to-the-wall performance, but the kind of performance you need to put in at the I moment. Mean, that's the Portuguese way, isn't it? Yeah. One thing we can say is that they're free now to just you, concentrate you, fully on the Libertadores. Are you comparing Chiotti No, Baloges is actually Diogo uh, Jota, basically. Everyone's Diogo Jota for you. <laughs> no. I mean, I was trying to think of other you know, Portuguese... Do you have a, do you have, do you have a poster of Diogo Jota? So it's a Ronaldo, Diogo Jota, and that's it. <laughs> uh, Lawrence is back with another question. He says, can Racing's wondrous... 10 game winning run be attributed to the league format or is it just pure brilliance? I'm struggling to see how the format would have anything to do with the fact that. I mean, you can only beat who's in front of you, right? Yeah. Plus, um, they've won yeah. the Copa Argentina games in that time, they've won some yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not like the, 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 there's a group of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you want to it's yeah. good independently of the format of the. Yeah, also, I wouldn't expect any other answer from Dan than pure brilliance. That's the only thing he will say. I wouldn't but say pretty good. brilliant. They've just been very effective. They're and, good. Yeah. They've scored more goals than the uh, other, go the other team, and they've, and they've got the goals at the right time, and that's <laughs> that's taken to victory. Um, I don't know if any and of the games you can say, "Oh no, they're completely lucky." They didn't deserve to yeah, win. Yeah, and it's not like they didn't have they weren't tested. Mm. A couple of games were quite hard. I so. think they got used to winning, and something similar happens when you start losing. That you lose, you lose. Mm. That, when you win. Start winning and three or four games, then it's like you, 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 you of course, uh, yeah. gain confidence. More confident. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. And the manager tells you you're a dog and you're a dog. Yeah. So we've, we've all experienced it with you know anything. We've been like a football manager and you get your team on a good run. It's incredibly easy to keep them on a good run yes. until you lose some matches. It's the hardest thing in the world to win one or you know any like anything like that. When I'm when I'm at the pub playing pool, if I manage to string a couple of wins together, it becomes really easy and it starts or to feel you, like an incredible Yeah, or you're playing game, against me, then, so... Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, well, but, yeah you know, but, but then, then you, you lose one and it's suddenly like, oh, fuck, now I'm going to start all over again. How does this happen? Uh, Lawrence also says, did you have good holidays? Yes. I mean, <laughs> Dan spent his in Rios and I spent mine in Santa Cruz, so I know which one of us had better scenery to look at, but how was yours done? It was very nice, yes. Um, probably trekking up glaciers and, and mountains wouldn't have been ideal with a two-year-old. So no, indeed. Although we, you'd be surprised. I don't regret my choice. You'd be surprised at the number of families with very, very young children. We I wouldn't. Right? I honestly wouldn't because people would just go for it here. People are weird sense. and go yeah. with children anywhere. My, yeah. my, my girlfriend yeah. and I came up with a couple of narratives of just whenever we saw a dad walking along with a tiny little kid. On its, shul- on its shoulders, we'd be like, that's not a kid, that's actually a, a tiny, tiny, tiny grown adult alien who's controlling that. <laughs> like those like right funguses that you hear about growing into an ant's head yeah. and then making it go up to the top of a bit of grass and sprout. 
Um, That's yeah. one way to think about it, yeah. My holiday was amazing. Yeah. On that note, as you just <laughs> watching aliens. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> aliens. Well, it was, yeah. That's great entertainment. I mean, I say this every time should, I get back from a bit of Buenos Aires, a bit of Argentina that isn't Buenos Aires. But if you come to Argentina, go to where I've just been. You should, you should pitch that to HBO. Go to anywhere in Argentina, really, because it's all yeah. really, really nice outside <laughs> Buenos Aires. <laughs> You have yeah. to fly for a couple of hours outside Except, Buenos Aires to get to any scenery at all. But Except Santa Fe. Don't go to Santa Fe. You said that. I went up, you know, 500, no, 300 kilometers of the Rio Uruguay, which mm. is lovely. You get to you look over the river and you've Enter got Rio Uruguay, is, just there. You've got islands, beaches. Very, very pleasant. Oh, it right. is, yeah. It is. Um, don't go to Santa Fe or La Pampa, for that matter. Yeah, I can't work out why anyone wants to go to Santa Fe. Is La Pampa even a place? Mm. It's a place I, I knew people <laughs> from. I, I know people from La Pampa. <laughs> I promise you. Um, there's not an awful lot there. Yeah. Uh, Santa Cruz, astonishing. Calafate, El Chalpen, yeah. Perito Moreno. Yeah. Um, and then anywhere else. Buenos Aires is a great city. It's yeah. not the prettiest place in the world. Yeah, it's a great city. Uh, but there are lots of other places in this country oh, that cool. might what be the prettiest cool. place in the world. Uh, Jamie Ralph says, Is it too early to say that Fernando Gago looks like the next elite manager to come out of Argentina? Yes. So early. <laughs> yes. So early. I mean, come on. It's, I love it's, you, Jamie. I mean, but it could grow into something big, but yeah. this is a streak. Yeah. Is that three good months? Yeah. What yeah. I will say is that as the and, supporter... And, as the supporter of a club who today announced uh, a new young, up-and-coming go-getter manager <laughs> of the age of a mere 52. I was going to say, he looks about 70. Yeah, um, he's 52 years old. I thought he was younger. Uh, he's, I think somebody said Eric he's, Hart. he's seven, 17 Hart. months younger oh. than Mourinho was when Mourinho got the Man United right. job. Uh, but anyway, in comparison, you know, Gagel's got it all ahead of him. And yes. might very well. He's yeah. younger than he's quite a lot of the players he's um, yep. he's yeah. coached against. How old is he? Thirty six. He's only just turned thirty six. Is he thirty six? He's thirty six. He is. He's he returned really. Racing Cumbias. He was thirty six last Sunday when Racing played Platense. So for context, five years ago he was playing for Argentina. Yeah, five years ago, April tenth, nineteen eighty six. He is seven months and. Five days out of me. Four years ago, he, he oh, was injured right. again at River uh, in Madrid. <laughs> yeah, and uh, let's not forget, of course, that before all this price came, um, Gago was an absolute punchline. We do not have to forget that. I think that that's a little that bit was harsh. harsh. I mean, that I mean it, was, it was harsh, yes. but it was a punchline. And obviously our, our listeners yeah. will, will be aware of what we think of that, because we were picking him up to an extent with some qualifications when he was at Aldo Sibi. Yeah. Um, so clearly he's going to be a decent manager. Whether we can say that he's going to be an elite yeah. level manager at any point. No. I mean, we've been saying this about Gachardo, right? For mm. most of the last decade now, it's been, oh, you know, when Marcelo Gachardo goes to Europe, he's going to have his picking. Mm. And he continues to not want to go to Europe. Yeah. And the truth is that until he does, and unless he does, he's not going to be considered an elite manager in no. the world level. Yeah. And it's now looking increasingly like by the time he does, he might have spent his, you know, the peak years of his mm. life. From right? what I know, which is... Not like a lot in terms of what every club does. Um, Gago at least has a way of working that is closer to an elite level. Like he wants to surround himself with enough people with enough knowledge mm. and not mm. pretending that he knows everything right. and he's going to do everything uh, and delegate stuff to other people that surely know something. Yeah, I'm, I'm hearing something... Alex Ferguson from this, the great delegator. 
Yeah. Yeah, something I also um, I remember reading about a few years ago. I remember like someone had tipped uh, Fernando Gago to be a great, great manager even before his long before he started his managerial career, because he had this, this theory that the best managers are uh, frustrated players. You know, players who you know couldn't really reach enough heights as a, as footballers in their football careers. Look no further, for example, than Jose Mourinho. Um, well, that was a shit I mean, player, that <laughs> yeah, Gago played for Real Madrid. He played for Boca. Yeah, he played for Roma. He, he, he played a World Cup. I mean, he played fifty times. He, he had a really team. accomplished well, career, well, but he, he could have been so much yeah. more than he was, actually was. Yeah. And, and he had he, some very, very big moments where he he didn't manage to take mm. part in those moments because injury. He got stress injuries. Yeah. yeah. But, but I mean, tearing comparing Mourinho's playing career yeah, with Gareth's yeah. yeah, career but, but, you know, for is even worse than compared even to so, the Even someone like you know, I, I know he's won the Champions League <coughs> and uh, he, he was part of a, he was the centerpiece of this huge huge team. But look, for example, Pep Guardiola. He had a really really final uh, a few the few years of Guardiola's career were really frustrating and disappointing. Hang on. Guardiola's playing career it was, well, it was fantastic taking massive amounts of drugs well. yeah <laughs> yeah he was acquitted from those charges yeah. well he was sure. acquitted I, I, no. well, <laughs> are you are trusting thank you for pointing that out I'll leave that in lawyers please don't mind <laughs> <laughs> but I get, I get I get the point yeah. because usually when when you're not in that uh, big of a career you tend to understand that maybe you need a plan B and you need to start. Yeah. Oh, you, and you're more empathetic as well. Yeah. The players yeah. who are, are are in the same situation, you don't want them to and be then in the again, same situation as you. Then I again, you I think that a good subject for another extra is <laughs> great players who will also great uh, coaches because there aren't a lot, I think. Yeah, I, I would say, you know, you know someone that could fit in that category as well as uh, Gago? I, I know it may be a little bit controversial, but maybe Marcelo Gallardo. Also, had something of a compared in comparison to what he could have been, he had something of a frustrating ish. Yeah. Makes sense, but then football then, career. But then it's it's usually the clever players. You know, they're they are clever in their decisions on the exactly. way they're managing yeah. themselves. Even when they're players, they're gonna do well because again, they understand the limitations. They understand the, what they had to do. Be empathetic, well, as you it's said. It's not always the case. Look at Frank de Boer. I, I will say, I don't know whether I agree or disagree with the thesis, but I think it would make a very interesting book. Liam Kelly. Get on writing. Get me a publisher. Is, <laughs> Liam Kelly, who is no relation to me, says, I noticed that Miguel Almiron had a river tattoo celebrating his goal for Newcastle. Will he play for them at some point? I have no idea. No, I have no idea. He said that he's quite... Because he was asked about that, uh, I think not not uh, right now, uh, because of his tattoo. But that he, now that he's at Europe, he said that it's almost impossible. Are you sure it's not a always ready tattoo? Is anyone? Yeah, what I need tattoo. That, that would be pretty left field from the Paraguayan supporting yeah. massive Bolivian club. It's the same. It's the same shield. So, so, so you know, you know. Uh, was it Guarani that also had the same badge as Cream? Nacional. No, no. 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 Anyway, it's a typical case of a player who sympathizes for a team and it said that he could play, but but he so we have to go back to to you know the archives and see whether he celebrated any of his goals for Lanús against River. Yes. I'll pass. Okay. <laughs> uh, Liam also says Bataglia on the brink of being sacked. Who could replace him? Who knows. Ibarra, Ibarra, Ibarra. Yeah. They, they will 
commit the same mistake they made with. Well, what did Pico point out the sixth division? Ainz's <laughs> his names come up recently, but I don't know if he'd be tempted. Yeah, I think it, it, it looks like... I mean, he would be tempted because it's a huge job and a huge chance to prove himself. Yeah. Whether it will happen or not is... Hmm. Um, and whether he ne- financially needs to, given his... Or maybe they'll Whether he could just stand having to talk to the press every day when he just so blatantly yeah. hates reporters and yeah. everything to do with the media. <laughs> I, heard yesterday, I heard yesterday that they, the Consejo de Football, I mean, Riquelme, Cassini, uh, Bermudez, they don't want to sack... Uh, Bataglia because it will mean the second uh, uh, coach that they sack as, as it was Russo now it will be Bataglia and, and that they want Bataglia to, to resign and he won't resign so can I say Sp- speaking as a Man United fan I'm just sat here thinking right so that means they've got like three to go <laughs> so can, can I say that it doesn't matter who takes over if Bataglia leaves until Boca finally has someone with a bit of a brain on yeah, and also a bit, and also freedom because I mean that's of course the the main. Eh, you can be successful without freedom in football in short term, but mm. which is what Boca wants in the end. But yeah. you, you, I mean, when you have someone who claims to be the person who knows everything about football more than any, even the players and the manager on the pitch. Coming back to the previous, I, I think yeah. that he, he yeah. should have resigned when Riquelme went to the bus where the players were, and they made them go down to the, uh, the bus and and uh, uh, talk with them, saying they, that they should put more eggs um, or play better. And, and that, well, you have a coach to say that. Yeah. Uh, at, this, at that point, I think that... Uh, I don't, I don't if, mind. If I were Bataglia, I'd have resigned after winning the Super Classico. <laughs> Just <laughs> yes. be like, right, mic drop. Living on a high. <laughs> so, yeah. But um, I, I don't mind people from, from the, you know, the, the front office, if you want to call it that, even if you're in Argentina. But... Uh, saying something to the players it's just you you understand that going into Boca it's <laughs> it's dealing with a lot of people that think that they're better than you without taking the job that you're taking mm. yeah yeah uh, Liam finally adds Rivers backup players last night proved why they don't start games the heavy rotation backfired difficult to argue with uh, and Lawrence is back with one last question was there anything at Gagos Stinta Aldo Sibi that suggested he'd be so successful at Racing. Lawrence, you've been listening to this podcast the whole time. Why are you asking us this question? We actually answered it. We actually answered yeah. this yeah. like so, 10 minutes ago. So go, go, go back a few like episodes into the past. Or 10 minutes. Uh, um, yeah. Yes, basically. like The signs were there that he was a person, a coach who wanted to play good football, press, you know, bring in these yeah. modern yeah. He ideas. Ideas. And it didn't quite happen. The thing is, he it's wanted to do that with Emiliano Insu and Fabrizio Colocini in their back line. That's and it. Jonathan he was playing... Shulte. I think we mentioned that we were talking just before... Uh, was I talking to you, Tony, or uh, other people here? Oh, uh, well? you talked to me? I sometimes talk to you. Oh, okay. I think that you were um, yes. Yeah, trying to play like a high block up the pitch with a 39-year-old Fabrizio Colocini at his centre. Yeah. yeah. Was never going to be ideal. But yeah, he stuck true. with it. You know, he... Made that his cross to um, yeah. his hill to die on, yeah. and yeah, he died, and now he lives. It's <laughs> Jesus. Just, just came from Easter. Topical. So yeah, I mean, in, in summary, Lawrence, you, you know full well that we think it is, and that's why we were saying it at the time, as you know. And Lawrence adds, "Is it because there is no wind in Avashaneda compared to Mar del Plata?" I mean, there might be something in that. Very possibly, very possibly. But then, why would that make that much difference if you're playing it mostly on the floor? True. Mm-hmm. That would surely affect you more if you were a long ball team. And also, it might not be, it, for all we know, it might not be as much of an Avesha Leda Madre Plata thing as an Estadio Minelli 
cylindro thing because the cylindro lets in far less wind because it's got a roof and it's a higher mm. stand. Yes, which makes it the best, the best stadium to go to by far in the winter. And of course, you can never be cold in the this. The point where you can go from football like to tourism to, to meteorology. <laughs> yes. I love it. This podcast covers everything. <laughs> Stick around for Mystic Sound. Okay, uh, we've just finished while we've been talking the latest round of fixtures, and just to sum everything up, then Argentinos, as we said, uh, got that win against who was it? Atlético Tucumán. Yep. Which means that in Group One, Racing have 27 points, River 22, Newell's 22, Argentinos 20, Sarmiento have 20. Had Argentinos not won that match, um, Defensa Justicia would be fifth with 18, and Racing would be a mere point away from securing a spot. But as it is, they've got a little bit more work to do. Uh, this weekend begins tomorrow, on Friday night. The first match is Colón at home to Estudiantes, and I think Estudiantes are going to win it because they're playing the match and I think they're going to win it. <laughs> on Saturday, San Lorenzo host Patronato. San Lorenzo, the only big five club that we haven't really talked about on this episode. And there is a reason for that, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. But Oof. they are playing Patronato. My recommendation for this is that you do not watch it, and I think it's going to finish in a San Lorenzo win. Oh, possibly. Hmm. I'm going to stick my neck out. If somebody has to win it, it'll be them. Because, I mean, it's Patronato. Come on. Gimnasia yeah. versus Union could be one of the more surprisingly entertaining matches of the weekend. I think Union will win. I don't. Okay. Because we're shit away. Okay. Well, I've said it now, so I'm going to stick with it. Okay. Uh, I don't pay as much attention as I'm used to, so some of these predictions are being pulled <laughs> fully out of my ass. Rosario Central versus Independiente is going to be a draw because Independiente are playing a football match. Central Cordoba versus Boca is going to be a Boca win. Barracas Central versus Vélez is going to be... I think this is probably the first time I'm predicting Barca this. Win, it's going to be a Barracas Central win. Banfield versus Tacheres is going to be a Banfield win. Racing versus Newells will be won by Racing. River versus Atletico Tucumán will be won by River. Defensa Justicia versus Platense is a Defensa Justicia win. Yes, it's I, mean, I, I wanted to go for a draw, but it's going to be a Defensa Justicia win. Godoy Cruz versus Lanús is going to be a win for Lanús. Tigre versus Arsenal de Sarandí is going to be a... Oh, yeah, hang on. Tigre are doing well at Arsenal aren't, so I'm going to go for a Tigre win. Argentinos <laughs> Argentinos to beat Sarmiento and Aldo Civi versus Huracan is going to be an Aldo Civi win because Aldo Civi is second, as, as yes. I mentioned earlier, and then we completely failed to actually talk about them at all, um, but they're second in their group and Huracan not in very good form at the moment. So Racing just need a point from their last three games to uh, qualify. If yes. I can see us qualifying, just so yeah. you know, put it on the table. Or if, for, if you if you bottle this, or for Sarmiento to drop any points at all uh, in their three games, and who have Sarmiento got? Mm-hmm. They're away to Argentinos, and then they're at home to River, uh, and then they are away to Tacheres. I mean, okay, they're probably going to win that last one, but. There's scope, I would say, for them to drop points yeah. uh, in those last three games. So, yeah. There we go. Feeling confident. Thank you very much indeed for listening. Uh, we're going to record a Handapod Extra now. If you want to listen to it and you haven't already subscribed to us on Patreon, 
then go and subscribe to us on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash handofpod. If you've already subscribed, then we love you very much and we'll be talking to you very soon. For now, it's thank you and goodbye from... Andres. Thank you. Goodbye. Tony. Goodbye. English now. Bye. Santi. See you around, guys. And me. Thank you and goodbye. Goodbye.